The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Playoffs? Playoffs? That's right, folks. DFS Wild Card Weekend is upon us. The NFL playoffs are set to kick off on Saturday. And then Sunday, of course, and of course, the big Monday night game with Brady and the boys playing the Dallas football Cowboys. we got all of it for you right now. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, with my man, Derek. We're going to break down some DraftKings, some FanDuel, some DFS for Super Wild Card Weekend right here on the Razzball Fantasy Football Channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rasball Fantasy Football YouTube channel. I have been off for a handful of days, actually, uh, missing the Sunday live show, man. It was kind of a bummer not to have the Sunday live show with us last week as it was week 18. Hopefully, you were not playing in the playoffs last week. But if you were, I hope you brought home that hashtag Rasball title. Derek, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. You and I haven't done too many duo episodes. We've, of course, done plenty of Sunday mornings together, but we haven't been able to team up for many duo episodes. However, for the remainder of the playoffs, we'll be teaming up to do some DFS talk. And we don't talk a lot, you and I don't talk a lot of DFS on this program during the season. However, now that uh, the season long fantasy is behind us, we now turn the page to the next fold, which is. DFS, which is just one way to stay involved with fantasy football through the playoffs. So Derek and I have some FanDuel lineups and DraftKings lineups that we're going to suggest to you for the Saturday-Sunday slate. And then Derek actually has a full group slate for all the players involved. And once that Monday slate drops, we will get that for you available on the channel as well. Without any further ado, of course, we want to make sure you're following Razzball anywhere that you can find us on Twitter, at Razzball, that's R-A double z b a l l you can subscribe to the Razwell fantasy football youtube channel right here hit that bell subscribe leave a comment on your favorite values and maybe your must plays this week in dfs let's see if we miss anybody along the way here and of course for those of you on the go make sure to download subscribe to and leave a rate and review for our podcast which will be the audio version of this show here so the Razwell fantasy football podcast is available anywhere you listen to your podcast as well. Once again, I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You can find me on Twitter at Sky Guasco, S K Y G U A S C O. And I'm joined by my man, Derek at Derek underscore F A V R E T. Derek, very nice to have you, man. How are you feeling? Thanks, Scott. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's kind of nice. Uh, like you said, you know, you and I here, the kind of the two intellectuals of that uh, Sunday morning uh, show, <laughs> get that, uh, that noise. The scholar from- athletes, if you will. That's right. That's right. You know, all that, all that noise and the, and the jabbering between Bobby and Matt, uh, we push that aside. You know, that's regular season talk. Now we're, we're in the playoffs. We're just so. here to get stuff done. That's all. That's right. You know, we, exactly. just, we just want to make sure things are getting done on the channel. For We're us. here to that's share knowledge. Time. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right into it, man. All right. Sounds good. I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you kick it off here. So like I said, we're going to dive in here. You're covering DraftKings. I'm a cover fan duel, right? Um, and let's just start with that Saturday slate. 
And for anybody that's, you know, maybe taking a week off, maybe you didn't play week 18 at all, took a weekend off, you're getting back into fantasy football, you're getting back into NFL, maybe you just aren't sure of the seedings. Let me kind of run down what the NFL playoffs look like in the extra day of the super wild card weekend now that we have here. Of course, uh, the rules changed a couple years ago. We have the single bye this year. So the Philadelphia Eagles on the NFC side, the Kansas City Chiefs on the AFC side. So we have the number seven Seattle, or I should say seventh seed, Seattle Seahawks heading to the San Francisco 49ers at the two seed on Saturday afternoon. And then in the evening slate, we have the Chargers in the five seed facing the Jacksonville Jaguars in the four seed. And all of these quarterbacks making their uh, playoff debuts as starters, which is going to be a lot of fun. So let's start on Saturday, Derek. We'll start with DraftKings. Give me your ideal lineup. Give me the player, the position, and the price point. And then let's maybe, maybe there's somebody you left off of your roster, but if you made a swap or two, depending on developments over the next couple of days, you might fold somebody in. So DraftKings specifically, why don't you go ahead and take it away for the Saturday slate? Yeah, no, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've got an interesting lineup here for uh, for Saturday with with these four teams because there's just stock full of you know great DFS plays. But uh, I started my lineup building it uh, with the two running backs, and to me, I have to have Eckler and uh, Etn in in my lineups. Both of those guys are just prime. I mean, that game that's going to be a great probably might. I'm hoping this is the best game of the, of the weekend, frankly. It, it's kind of appearing that way, most competitive and probably a lot of fun. And, and I just need to get both of those running backs, uh, uh, Eckler and, and ETN. So I started my my Saturday build around those two. Uh, Eckler's is expensive, 8,100. Uh, ETM's a little more manageable at, at 6,000. So uh, I started my build there, and, and then I went through uh, and added some names uh, to, to make it work uh, uh, I'm going to skip quarterback for a minute because I, I kind of like all four of them, frankly, but uh, I'll come back to why I picked, I chose the one that I did. But uh, so I've got Eckler 8,100 ETN 6,000. I uh, moved on to wide receivers and Keenan Allen to me is a must play. He's at 7,000 on, on uh, DK, which, which I can afford that uh, uh, with, with some uh, work, and some of the other positions are a little bit cheaper. Uh, so I can afford Keenan Allen. Uh, you know, he's, he, if he's healthy, he's out there. He's a monster. Uh, I, I hope Mike Williams plays because that'll, you know, uh, loosen things up a little bit for Allen, but uh, yeah, I have to have Keenan Allen in my lineup. So again, I've got him in there for 7,000 and then for, for tight end, I was flipping a coin between Ingram and Kittle. Both of those guys really should go off. So, you know, I did the next best thing. I, I have Kittle at tight end, and I've got Ingram and my flex. You know, I, I think, uh, like I said, compared to some of the wide receivers that uh, we're seeing at, at Ingram's price point at 4200 I think he's as good, if not better, than, uh, than what we're looking at there. So I've got Kittle at 5900 uh, Ingram at 4200 uh, Defense, uh, I've, I've got the Jaguars. Uh, you know, there's there's an old saying: uh, teams that fly cross country to play a game, you know, tend to be a little bit uh, uh, sluggish. Jacksonville, you know, they haven't had a home playoff game, and you know, who knows when? It's been in such a long time. Mm-hmm. This is, there's going to be a lot of excitement there. You know, I could see perhaps 
you know, I, again, I don't think that's going to be a low scoring game per, per se, but I, I think they might be able to, uh, w- with that excitement there, they, they could uh, do some things uh, uh, on the defense. So I have, I have Jaguars and, and, and frankly, uh, the other part of that, because they're only 2,700 on DK. So I needed, you know, with some of those other big names, I needed a little salary relief. Uh, so I, I have the Jaguars as my defense. Uh, going back to wide receivers, again, a little, I need a little salary relief. So Marvin Jones Jr. for the Jaguars is, is my uh, second wide receiver. You know, I, I do like Christian Kirk, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really – Unfortunately for him, I think that he might be uh, shadowed by Sonny Samuel uh, most of the game. So that would really open it up for either Zay Jones or, or Marvin Jones Jr. So, uh, again, for, for the price point, I like Marvin Jones Jr. there. And then I've got to get a piece of DJ, uh, of Samuel. Uh, he's coming back. He's healthy. He's going to be uh, uh, Debo. He's going to be part of the uh, run package. You know, he's going to be wide receiver. You know, he's – He's, he's coming back. Uh, you know, there's so many options there for, for Brock Purdy uh, with, uh, you know, with Kittle and Samuel and, and Ayuk and CMC. And, uh, but I really think they're going to work uh, Samuel in. So, and his price point actually is a, just slightly under uh, Ayuk at uh, 5,700. So I like, uh, I like the upside of Samuel for, for uh, a little bit cheaper than, than Ayuk. Uh, so that only leaves me at quarterback. And uh, so I, I'm going with uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, I think, again, I like, I really like Purdy, uh, you know, Gino playing well, uh, of course, uh, Sunshine, you know, hosting his first game. I'm, I like him too, but I, I, you know, I really, I really want someone who's been tested at a, at this level. And, you know, the chargers play teams like, uh, like the chiefs, you know, twice a year. And, you know, that's a, that's as tough of a test going into Kansas city as, as a playoff game in, in Jacksonville. So I think, uh, and I have the salary left, so uh, I'm going Justin Herbert there as my quarterback. So, so just to reiterate, uh, kind of go, go through real quick. I have Herbert at 6,600, Eckler 8,100, uh, ETN 6,000, uh, Marvin Jones, Jr. 3,400, uh, Debo Samuel at 5,700, Keenan Allen 7,000, uh, Kittle 5,900, Ingram 4,200, and then the Jaguars defense at 2,700. So that, that's my, my Saturday slate. I love it. A couple things I've noticed about your roster construction, which I think I want to pinpoint really quick before I give my roster here, because I think it's an, I build rosters the same way you do. And I'm saying this, I can tell you build a roster at receivers specifically and maybe flex. I can tell you build it a certain way because of who you read off in order. Mm-hmm. So, so I can tell that you went for your top, top dogs at running back smart. I did similar, a little bit different, which I'll get to. And then you're looking for that big dog quarterback, of course. And then you're kind of like, which DST makes sense, but it's the cheapest, but a good upside play so we can play. And then how can I work those wide receivers? Of course, you're going to want at least one or two top dogs, obviously. But I think the strategy here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're thinking like you're scrolling down a little bit and you're saying, hmm, in that like tier three, tier four group of, of DFS options at wide receiver this week, Marvin Jones for you is a guy that could have upswing because maybe Kirk has shadowed, what have you, as you explained. But then you start kind of saying, okay, how much do I have left? All right, now I get maybe another middle tier guy. Oh, actually, I can afford Debo. Oh, and I can get Keenan Allen, who is that number one horse. 
So I like how you do that versus go pick a top dog and then just go like, man, I'll just get this scrappy receiver instead. You're actually going the opposite way. Am I correct on that? Can you kind of expand on your your, uh, thought process on that? Yeah, no, you really, uh, you filled it in similarly to the way I did. So uh, I I definitely like to uh, have at least one stud either at at running back and wide receiver for sure. Uh, You know, in this case, I had two, uh, two stud running backs uh, the way they are. So I, I knew I needed some salary relief somewhere else, but uh, you know, when I went to, when I went to saw their wide receivers, like I have to have Keenan Allen in, in this lineup. I just have to. And so, uh, you know, I balanced that with Marvin Jones jr. And, and just like you said, I, you know, I, I, and then I'll jump to defense. I'll get my defense and, and kind of plug that in and know where my salary is and, plug the tight ends in and, and I went back to the wide receivers, like you said, and they realized, well, I can have, you know, I like IU, but I got Samuel right there, a hundred dollars cheaper. You know, that's a great, you know, the upside, the potential upside there is, uh, is fantastic. So yeah, that's, yeah, you, you really hit it on the head uh, how, how I kind of put that together. So. Awesome. And, and I like that. I mean, there's no right or wrong way per se to build a lineup. I just, I could tell the way, the way that you read that off that, you were building it that way, which is similar uh, that I do. And we hadn't talked about that before the program. So I thought that was an interesting approach. All right. So that is the DraftKings version of Saturday from Derek there. And I'll kind of break down now the FanDuel version of it. Uh, we're just trying to diversify for y'all out there. So I have, uh, I highlighted four players, um, Derek, that I have on my roster as well that you also have. Now, of course, we didn't share our rosters intentionally before this to have the live reaction. But I do have four players in my lineup that you also have in your lineup. Of course, anybody that's new to DFS or maybe don't play during the season, but you play in the playoffs, DraftKings and FanDuel have different price points. But relatively speaking, it's the same value, if you will. But you're going to hear like Derek will put out a price point for Keenan Allen. I also have Keenan Allen in my lineup. But on FanDuel, he's far more expensive, quote unquote, because the numbers are higher. But it's not necessarily meaning that He's more expensive to have, if that makes sense. So I want to kind of clear that up for anybody that's new to DFS. So I will just start up at the top. Um, I'm not going to bury my lead because he's my dog, and I've had faith in him all season, and I know he's been, quote-unquote, disappointing for fantasy football because I had him as QB1 coming into the season, and he hasn't blown the doors off, but he hasn't had a healthy roster all season. But I think my boy Jay Herbs does do well in Jacksonville, and you were talking about that old – kind of uh, the old uh, wives' tale, if you will, about West Coast teams, especially going East Coast, to travel and play. That's legit. I mean, that's backed up by lots of years of facts, especially in the playoffs. And I think it's probably 2017 when they had that nasty defense, Saxonville, right, Jalen Ramsey and all those guys. That's probably the last time that anybody was excited about Jacksonville football this time of year. So it is going to be a fun atmosphere, but I do think that Hopefully the Chargers can travel well, whether Mike Williams plays well or not. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert with the value, but also the upside. And on the other side, I expect T-Law and the boys to be putting up points and moving the ball as well. So I think it'll be a shootout, but I'll go with Justin Herbert. It's 7,800 for Justin Herbert on FanDuel. At the running backs, I also needed two horses. I have ETN also. You took ETN. I took ETN. I thought about ETN and Trevor Lawrence. But I didn't want to stack it that way because I just think the Chargers play a better game. And I didn't want to go all in on the Chargers in that mode. So I actually went with ETN and Herbert instead. ETN for 7,100. 
And then you went with Eckler, which, of course, I would love to have done that. But then again, I'm going all in on the Chargers, too. So I got to have one of my Niners, and you can't go wrong with Christian McCaffrey if you can afford him. Easily the most expensive player on the slate, of course, where he should be. 9,800 on FanDuel. So, yeah, pretty rough. But I got Herbert, CMC, and ETN as my top three quarterback running backs. I feel really good about that. It's hard to say you're getting a value on CMC or not, but what he can produce and outpace is obvious. And then ETN and Herbert, I think, have uh, big ceilings as well. Then at the wide receiver position, I agree with you. If I have Herbert especially, I have to have a stack. I don't believe Mike Williams is going to be healthy enough to play. Even if he does, he's probably about 70% at best. So I got to go with Keenan Allen, of course. He's had double-digit targets in six consecutive games, 14 or more targets in three of those games. He just has to get those touchdowns, which he is getting lately since he's come back. So Keenan Allen for me at wide receiver as well, 8,400. And then I'll have another one of my Niners, Brandon Ayuk at 6,700. Love Debo, obviously, but as a wide receiver comes, Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion, is the number one. I mentioned this in the preseason and people went crazy, but you know, I'm a Niner fan. I listen to stuff differently than non-Niner fans would, like every local fan of your team does. But Debo is a hybrid. They have run him a lot less because of the contract and him complaining about it last year, not wanting to do that. They respected it, and he got hurt, obviously, for a while. But as a pure receiver, Brandon Ayuk is clearly the number one receiver on the team, and it has shown that way with uh, touches and targets. And he is him and Brock Purdy have looked really great down the last six weeks or so and, and months. So I like Brandon Ayuk there at 6,700. And then this is kind of my my Marvin Jones, if you will, is going to be DeAndre Carter, right, for the Chargers. He's shown some big games. I know you, Derek, and, and we as a, a group have talked about him quite a bit uh, on the last, you know, maybe six out of the last eight weeks on Sundays because Keenan Allen or Gerald Everett or Mike Williams is out every week for the Chargers, and Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter have both been able to step up. So I like DeAndre Carter quite a bit, 5,700. You know, he's he's peanuts uh, in, on the slate, really. So he's kind of my throw-in guy there, maybe a big play. And again, I feel it's a shootout with that double stack or triple stack, if you will, with Herbert. And then at the tight end position, I also went with Evan Ingram. I couldn't afford my boy Kittle at this point. So I went with Ingram. I almost went with Gerald Everett, who I think has a nice game um, against Jacksonville. But then I'm going too heavy on the Chargers, which I don't want to get caught on that. So Evan Ingram's been playing very well for the most part. 5,700 there. And then my flex, this is really a shot in the dark here. This is banking on either, you know, injury or rest or extra work. But DJ Dallas, who is the distant backup to Kenneth Walker against the number one defense in the NFL, is going to be my dart throw flex. And this is not a smart play at all, but it's incredibly cheap. And when you get this far down your lineup, there's a, most guys that have this price point aren't going to see the field. DJ Dallas is at least going to get six, eight, nine touches minimum. Could get a goal line carry. He ripped off. I watched a Seahawks game last week, of course, on, on uh, national TV. And he ended up getting, I think it was like a 36-yard run or so. And it was called back on a holding. But he was basically untouched. I mean, he's explosive, just needs to work. So I'm just hoping for a big play there. And then with the DST, you went with uh, Jacksonville. I'm going to stick in the same game. But because I'm so heavy on Chargers already, I don't want my DST going against that as well. So I'm going to stick with the Chargers. Bosa's back. They're getting healthy in the secondary. They absolutely have been crushing, uh, providing pressure in the last couple of weeks. So 
The Chargers at 3,900 are going to be my DST. So I'm definitely Los Angeles Chargers heavy. Got a couple 49ers, but I also um, have some uh, Jaguars as well. I do not have any uh, Seattle Seahawks of note outside of DJ Dallas, who probably won't do much unless Kenneth Walker goes down, and hopefully that does not happen. So to recap quickly, and I'll get your thoughts here, quarterback Justin Herbert, 7,800. My running backs are CMC at 9,800 and Travis Etienne at 7,100. My wide receivers, Keenan Allen and DeAndre Carter to triple stack with Justin Herbert. Keenan's 8,400. DeAndre Carter is 5,700. Brennan Ayuk, not Debo Samuel, 6,700. And my tight end is Evan Ingram, 5,700. DJ Dallas is my shot in the dark there at flex, 4,800. And my DST is the Chargers at 3,900. So, Derek, we have four Players alike, Herbert, Etienne, Allen, and Ingram are the four teams that we have the same on the Saturday slot. Any thoughts or any extra players that you thought about throwing in and you didn't on the Saturday slot before we move on to Sunday? Uh, no, not so much. Uh, like I said, that this lineup actually really came together pretty nicely for me. I, we talked through my methodology, and you know, obviously, we both like that Chargers Jacksonville game, uh, you know, for different reasons and. You know, we'll we maybe we will get it to pick um pick the winners, and you know this one we we probably agree on uh, on how this is going to go. But uh, no, yeah, that uh, that DJ Jalis pick that's that's something. Uh, you know, you know the, the thing is though, at that cheaper cost, you you really don't need a lot from him to get that value. No. You know, so uh, you're you know you're spending your money on other other players who who are going to get the ball. You know, they're going to have a heavy workload. They're going to be part of. You know, if, if the game script is going to go the way, you know, we expect them to, those guys are going to be heavily involved. So, uh, yeah, I like I like how you have put that together. Great. All right. Well, that's the Saturday slot. Again, that's the Seahawks at the Niners and the Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's move on to Sunday. Derek, I'll turn it back over to you here. DraftKings lineup for the Sunday slate. We have three games on Sunday. We have the number two Bills. Uh, excuse me, hosting the number seven Miami Dolphins without Tua again, the number three Vikings hosting the New York football Giants and the number three Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Lamarless Ravens for another week as well. So three games on Sunday, Derek, what's your lineup so far? Yeah. So, you know, contrast to what we're in, what we probably will see on Saturday, or at least in my mind, I, I see all three of these games being potential blowouts. Uh, for, for various reasons. And so, you know, I look at that uh, across the slate and, you know, I go back to the uh, the Giants-Vikings game a few weeks ago and, and how back and forth that was. And, and I, you know, with all the weapons there, and of course, you know, I've got my Vikings jersey here hanging behind me. Uh, you know, I've been riding Vikings all, all year and I'm going to do it again on, on my Sunday slate. So I'll start off uh, at quarterback. I've got Cousins, uh, going Cousins. And he's at 5,900. 5, in DK. So with all those weapons there, he's playing at home. You know, they just played the giants. He had a big, a big game there. Uh, I, I couldn't pass that up. Uh, although, you know, so I, I did want to, I did want to put a mini stack there and, you know, the obvious play is Jefferson, but you know, the giant Jefferson is one of those players where the giants have to scheme their defense to stop him. They have to, or, or, you know, the game's going to be over at halftime. And so with that in mind, you know, who does Cousins throw the ball to if he's not throwing it to Jefferson? 
he throws it to Hawkinson. So Hawkinson's my tight end at 5,100. That was an easy play for me to team those two up uh, right away. So I, I jumped on that. Uh, looking at why, at the running backs, uh, again, I'm, I'll stay in that same game. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook at 7,100. Uh, he's, he's my uh, most expensive running back that I'm going with here. Uh, I like that matchup. You know, I like I like him catching the ball in the backfield. He's you know he's going to get the majority of, of the rushing attempts, and I expect this to be a higher scoring game, especially on the Vikings side. So Dalvin Cook to me is going to be part of that. Uh, for my other running back, uh, I, I went to the Dolphins Bills game, and you know I, I I'm a fan of the Dolphins. I, I really like what they've done this year, but they're limping into this game, and you know they're. Uh, they're walking into, you know, a situation, of course, it's you know, under their control. There's going to be so much uh, excitement at that game, uh, you know, with, with surrounding, you know, the, the injury, uh, you know, the previous week. And, you know, he'll, he'll probably be on the sidelines. You know, I expect, you know, you'll see him either on the sidelines or up in the booth, which, you know, is, is a remarkable thing in itself. And you know, it's going to put a lot of, of, of life in, into the bills. So I really, unfortunately, I, I'm, I don't think the Dolphins are, are uh, you know, have much of a realistic chance this week, but I do like Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, in this game, especially with Mostert uh, hurt. He's probably not going to play. And, you know, of course, Wilson, he catches the ball in the backfield. They're going to be playing from behind, in my mind. And if he's playing, they're playing from behind, he's not a running back that you're going to pull off the field when you're, you know, when you're in a throwing situation. He's going to be in there. So even though – you know, that, uh, you know, the game script is, is probably not going to go in the Dolphins favor. I, I expect, uh, you know, even if Mostert was there, which he probably won't be, uh, you know, Wilson, uh, junior, he, he's going to get the bulk of the work or the bulk of the opportunities. So I like that play and he's only 5,400 in, in DK. So, uh, so I have cook and, and Wilson, uh, for my two running backs, uh, moving to wide receivers. How, how can you not go with, uh, Stefan Diggs? Uh, I, I like that matchup there. Again, I think the Bills are going to be high scoring this week. Um, so I've been going there. I, I couldn't, obviously couldn't afford uh, Jamar Chase, but I wanted to get a piece of that Bengals because I think they're going to, frankly, going to blow the, the socks off the uh, the Ravens too. So I went with T. Higgins at uh, 6,200 uh, to get a piece of that. Uh, I, I do like him uh, better than Tyler Boyd, who's a little bit cheaper, but I like, I like T. Higgins a little better at 6,200. So I've got him there. And then my third wide receiver is Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, he's he's really come on uh, late in the year. Uh, he's his last what, five games. He's had thirty three targets and twenty five receptions and four touchdowns. Uh, he hasn't broken the century mark yet in his is receiving, but uh, he he's really come on lately. You know, it, it, it is kind of a crapshoot with the the Giants receivers. Which one of them is going to you know be the featured one, but uh, you know, you can throw the ball against the Vikings and uh, I guess the way he's come on, I really like uh, Hodgins there. So he's my third wide receiver at, at 4,100. So that really gives me some salary relief to, you know, to go with uh, Stefan Diggs. And then for uh, the D I'll go to defense here. You know, I just said, you know, that game's going to be a blowout. I don't, I don't think Baltimore has much of a chance. I saw an interview with a couple of the players, uh, earlier in the week and you know of course they're saying the right things but you know they uh i think they know it too 
you know, frankly, it, it didn't really seem like there was a lot of passion in their, in their words. And, you know, they're really, uh, I think they, they realize they're walking into something that they're going to, they're going to get blown out. So uh, I'm going with the Bengals defense at 3,500. I, I expect, uh, you know, it, of course, you know, we know Lamar Jackson's not going to play. So it, even, and we're not sure about Huntley yet, but if, if it goes to, uh, goes beyond Huntley, then, you know, I like this one even better at 3,500. So I think the, I think the Bengals defense has a chance of, of really blowing the doors off. Uh, so, but that doesn't leave me with a lot left for flex. So for my flex position, I picked James Cook. So I, I've got, I got brothers Cook in my, uh, in my slate uh, uh, this weekend uh, for Sunday. He's only at 40, 4,800. So I can fit that into my salary. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been coming on. He's getting a larger share of the uh, workload with Singletary. Um, although they split the snaps, but he's really getting a larger share of the, uh, of, of the yards and, and two or three targets per game, which I like, including a couple red zone targets and a touchdown versus Miami in, in week 15. So uh, I, I like that. I like his opportunity, especially if the, if the game script, you know, what we expect anyway, at this point with the bills kind of blowing out the, the dolphins, then, you know, I, I expect him to be handed the ball off to Cook more than Singletary. So I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable with that dart throw there at, uh, for my flex again with James Cook at 4,800. So, so there's my, that's my Sunday slate. I'll go over it real quick. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 5,900. Dalvin Cook at 7,100. Jeff Wilson Jr., 5,400. Isaiah Hodgins at 4,100. Uh, Stefan Diggs, 7,700. T. Higgins, 6,200. Hawkinson, 5,100. James Cook in the flex at 4,800. And the Bengals defense at 3,500. I love it. I have literally zero disagreements with your whole lineup. I love it all, right? And Especially we Jeff, Jeff Wilson Jr., right? Yeah, nice. I mean, <laughs> dude, well done. Um, I, I stopped doing it because, you know, Matt and, Matt and Bobby, you know, made me feel so, so – uh, sad about myself about always repping my boy jeff wilson i just stopped talking about him and here we are so jeff go ahead and do your thing everyone else can talk about you you know i love you um we have four players that we agree with on this slate as well um again i don't have any disagreements with your lineup but my lineup seems drastically different which i find very interesting so love the vikings obviously their offense can be absolutely dominant it can also be a train wreck and unexplainable, frankly. I don't know. We're going to get to pickums later, and this game is my hardest game of the whole weekend to pick a winner, not spread, not any of that stuff, just to see who wins the actual game. I'm leaning Giants, actually. I'll explain as we go here. But while I think, yes, the Vikings are playing at home, Vikings could show up and blow the doors off. They're due for one of those games. They haven't done it since that Colts game, but they've been just sluggish the last couple of weeks, which I'm nervous about. And the Giants rested basically their starters last week because that game didn't matter for them, win or, lo- win or lose. So they're coming in a little bit more fresh and hungry after that game that they had played a couple of weeks ago together. So I'm actually going to go the other way here, which could be dangerous, but I'm actually going to go Daniel Jones at 76 or 7,400, cheaper anyway. He's the cheapest quarterback on the slate outside of the Ravens situation, which you're not doing for DFS. But Daniel Jones is the next cheapest, 7,400. I also have Brothers Cook. I like that. 
So I have Dalvin Cook at 7,800. Seems automatic to me. I do think the Vikings will score and do well. And Dalvin is due for a Dalvin game. He hasn't had one in a long time. And as you mentioned, I thought it was a great point. The Giants know they have to shut down Justin Jefferson more than focusing on shutting down Dalvin Cook. And so if they're able to do that or at least slow him down, I think it's going to be a lot of Dalvin Cook, if not K.J. Osborne and Hawkinson and all that. So I do like Dalvin Cook there, 7,800. Brother Cook, James Cook also for the Bills, 5,900. That was a cheap play that I was able to squeeze in. And then at wide receiver, I thought about Jefferson too, but I kind of had a similar mindset with you, and I'm going like kind of Giants heavy, so I didn't want to go there. I got to go Jamar Chase. Um, I, I think I, you know, you couldn't afford him with your particular lineup, so you went with T. Higgins, which can't go wrong there, but I can, and I'm going to swap out Stephon Diggs for Jamar Chase. Uh, I agree with you. Unfortunately, um, this Ravens game is probably going to be a bit ugly. However, this is an ugly division. These guys play shootouts and slobber knockers, as we used to call them, right? Like, I don't know, man. I love John Harbaugh. I love what the Ravens can do. They have the best kicker in history, which matters in NFL terms in the playoffs. They do play with heart and defense. Um, I don't know. If, if they can keep them around, I think they might be okay. But I do think most of the offense comes through Jamar Chase, and his tar- target volume is unnecessary the last you know two months of the season when healthy. I also got your boy Isaiah Hodgins in here as well at 6,400. And then I'm going to double up, and this is strictly I'm banking on one 60-yard pass, and I hope it's a touchdown, and that's Darius Slayton who all of us loved two months ago. Yeah, He's kind of disappeared. He's not the number one. He may not even be the number two at this point in the passing game for the Giants. They don't even throw that much anyway. But he does have game-breaking ability. And the reason the Vikings have to come back and have all these heroic last-minute you know, scores and wins is because their defense is terrible. And their pass defense specifically is 31st in the NFL right now. And against wide receivers who can get deep and Daniel Jones can huck it, it takes NDFS one or two plays for Darius Slayton. You know, two for 93 and a touchdown would far outpace his price point, and that's possible. So I'll take him as my dark horse in this lineup here, 5,800. And then I also have TJ Hawkinson. I totally agree with you. If they if they can slow down Jefferson, I have Dalvin Cook, but I also have TJ Hawkinson. If Jefferson is pulled out a little bit, they funnel everything else to these two guys. I think that's a good move. You and I both have that uh, Viking stack, if you will, Dalvin Cook and uh, TJ Hawkinson. And then my kind of like expensive flex, because you and I kind of build our receivers different, again, as we just noticed, is Jalen Waddle. So I built my whole roster, and I ended up with 7,300 left and was like, okay, who can I choose from? Boom, Jalen Waddle. Now, he's questionable. He had an ankle injury last week. Didn't look great. I hope he plays, and I hope he's 100%. If he is, I feel super great about this um, last-minute pickup. If he's not, I'm going to have to audible to somebody else, probably a Tyler Boyd or somebody else maybe, depending on who I can afford at this point, maybe T. Higgins. But right now it's Jalen Waddle. And then, again, I don't hate the Vikings, but because I have this mindset that the Giants are going to show up and at least play this game with heart, I think they slow him down a little bit. And Kirk Cousins can be sacked. He can throw some interceptions. Dalvin Cook, as great as he is, can fumble the ball. I think the Giants make a couple of plays in this game, and I love my boy uh, Tavon Thibodeau. He's been absolutely on fire uh, in the last handful of games. So 3,700, cheapest DST on the map here in this slate. So I'm going to go Daniel Jones, 7,400. Dalvin Cook, 
7,800. Brother James Cook, 5,900. Jamar Chase at 8,700. Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton from the Giants, 64 and 5,800, respectively. TJ Hawkinson, 7,000. TJ, uh, sorry, um, Jalen Waddle at 7,300. And then the Giants DST at 3,700. Again, we have four plays again that were playing the same. Dalvin and James Cook, Isaiah Hodgins, and TJ Hawkinson. Any additional thoughts on the Sunday slate? No, it, you know, for me, uh, you know, we were talking about Diggs versus Chase, and, and that's I, – I hit that first. You know, that's where I was uh, when I got to the wide receivers in, in my lineups. And I was like, well, if, if I go – because I'm nervous about Waddle and Hill. You know, I, I love both of those guys, but, uh, you know, and if Tua was playing, then I would have oh, sure. at least one, one of them in my lineup. So I was, you know, and I know they're going to throw, but uh, I I just couldn't pull the trigger on that. So I, to me, it came down to, you know, Diggs and Higgins. Do I match those two up or the chase in Gabe Davis? That, that was really where I was at, uh, you know, for, for those two wide receivers uh, spots, the salaries are generally uh, similar for me. Uh, and I just, I just thought, you know, that Higgins over Gabe Davis to me was the right play. So uh, that's why I ended up with Diggs, uh, Diggs and Higgins, but uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, Jamar Chase, he could, you know, he could have a, a monster game, you know, and it's interesting. Neither one of us uh, selected uh, Mixon which is uh, yeah. interesting. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I just, well, with, you know, with cook and, and for me, Wilson and or Saquon brother. Yeah. Or Saquon as well. Right. You know, he's going to get a lot of work there, but uh, I, I like your uh, Daniel Jones pick uh, there for quarterback. Uh, you know, he, it, you know, you almost expect him to rush one in too, which is about, yeah. you know, you, you you like to take that as well. So, and I think he threw for over 300 yards last time he was yeah. in Minnesota. Four, so. four total touchdowns the last time he was yeah. out there. Again, yeah. they sat him, they sat Saquon, they sat some of the linemen and defenders as well last week because they just didn't have to win the game according to seating and all that. They were locked in. So they got a little bit of extra rest. This game is inside. Shouldn't have weather issues and things like that. So, um I don't know, man. You know, I just Brian Brian Dable's a special coach, and I think this team is is inspired. You know, with Burroughs and Allen and, and Cousins on that slate, you know, that there's probably not going to be a high percentage of of, of uh, ownership there too. So that's a bonus, you know, for Absolutely. you in, in, in that lineup. So they, no, that's very nice, nice construction. Thank you. I totally agree. All right. Well, before we get our quick pickums, why don't you give us kind of a full slate, right? You're playing Saturday and Sunday. You got all the dogs in the fight outside of, of course, the Bucks and Cowboys game on Monday, which that slate is not out yet to our knowledge, at least per this recording. But if you got the other five games on the slate, Derek, and you're doing the Saturday-Sunday slate on DraftKings, give us your ideal lineup with all of those teams available. Yeah, and and, mo- and all these names except for one you've already heard me say before, but yeah, from my, from my full slate, I've got Kirk Cousins starting. Uh, he's fifty nine hundred uh, in the full slate. Uh, uh, Etn and Cook, Dalvin Cook, are my two running backs. Etn's at sixty three hundred, and Dalvin Cook's at seven thousand uh, for for the full slate. Of course, uh, we talked before. Keenan Allen, got to have Keenan Allen in that lineup. I've got Isaiah uh, Isaiah Hodgins in there, uh, and I'll skip my wide receiver three for a minute and. Uh, jump down tight end Hawkinson. You know, we both had Hawkinson and, and understand why we both had James Cook. So uh, I have James Cook as well as my uh, flex. 
in the full slate and then Cincinnati defense for the reasons I said before, I just see, I, I just see Baltimore, you know, rolling over. Uh, and I hate to say it for them, but I think they are. I think Cincinnati is just going to dominate the, the Baltimore mm-hmm. offense. So going back to uh, wide receiver three, I had enough money left for DK Metcalf against, Ooh. against the Niners. So neither one of us had him, uh, you know, nope. in our, uh, in our Saturday slate, but uh, you know, Wide receivers, especially wideouts, there are points available against that San Francisco defense, yep. and you know, and I, you know, Geno's faced them already. You know, that's not, I'm, you know, I, this is what their third matchup of the year. So, yep, every and these year. teams know <laughs> each other; they know what they're going to do. And yep. uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know Metcalf has a Met. I, you know, I like both Metcalf. I uh, you know both of the the Seattle wide receivers, but I really just think Metcalf has an opportunity to. Uh, uh, you know, to take advantage of that, of the matchup there and perhaps get, get a little, uh, maybe a longer touchdown or maybe two. So he's my, he's my wide receiver three. I like it. And if you're going shot, if you're going shots in the dark, as far as like, you know, primetime wide receivers that are cheap, Tyler Lockett um, should also be considered as well. Cause you're right. The Niners don't have many, um, you know, slits in the armor, if you will. But if they, if you do, it's a not 100% secondary. And if you can get loose and they blow a coverage, Basically, the touchdowns on the 49ers are either 16-play drives where they just get burnt out and they give up a score eventually, or they just get toasted for 70 yards. Um, they they destroyed the Dolphins. And at the very end of the game, Trent Sherfield had like an 80-yard slant, and then Tyreek had one too, right? And the game was already over, but they were just got dusted. So those type of plays can make or break DFS weekends. I like sure that can. shot in the dark. Yep. All right, Derek. Well, let's get into this year. We'll we'll clock out in just one minute, but before we do, let's get our pickums for Wild Card Weekend. Of course, again, we have six games on the slate. We will pick the Monday night game in this. We just don't have a DFS uh, slate and lineup to discuss currently. But let's start here with the. Uh, we'll just kind of go in order of how those games are being played. Let's go with the seven Seahawks facing the number two 49ers. I'll let you go first with all these. Yeah, you know, it's hard. There's an old saying, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season, and that's what uh, the Niners are going to be looking to do to beat the Seahawks uh, for the third time. I I think this is a close game. I think it's going to be a, a good game as well, and it's going to be close, but I'm going to pick the 49ers, and they just have more weapons, frankly, and and I don't expect Seattle to have much of a running game, um, to, you know, against the 49er defense, so I think that's going to be the difference. Uh, CMC... Yeah, and and maybe a little bit Debo in there, and uh, Liza Mitchell. He's he's healthy, so I I expect uh, well healthy-ish, I guess. But I expect the Niners to be able to uh, to uh, squeak this one out. But I think it's going to be closer than than a, a three-seven matchup, or excuse me, a two-seven matchup should be. Yeah, I uh, I agree. And you know, for the last handful of years, majority of the time, the Niners and Seahawks also meet in the playoffs. Of course, they're in the same division, so they do play twice a year plus the playoff. So we play, you know, we 49ers play the Seahawks three times a year, pretty often. Uh, Pete Carroll knows this team very well, but Shanahan also knows the uh, the Seahawks very well. And I'm with you. I just don't think they can hang with the 49ers. I don't care if the Niners win the game three to two or if they blow them out. They just got to get that dub. I'm going to go with my 49ers. Next up on the Saturday slate here, we got the Chargers traveling all the way across the country, about as far as you can go from stadium to stadium, L.A. to Jacksonville, coast to coast, quite literally. We've got the Chargers heading to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who you got? 
Yeah, you know, Jaguars are a great story, especially after the, you know, the misery that they uh, they came out, came through last season, um, you know, to make the playoffs this year and, you know, have a home game playoff. Uh, it's a great story, but uh, they're, they're a, a year away at least from seriously contending. I like the Chargers. You know, I think they're they're built for a playoff game like this. You know, it may not always look great, but, uh, you know, I, I see them. And they, you know, again, it's going to go through, uh, you know, well, Herbert, Eckler, and Allen. I mean, that's I – mean, that, it's going to go through them. And, you know, they, they were all – all three of those names were throughout our DFS lineups uh, for good reason. So I, I do like the Chargers uh, winning in Jacksonville. Uh, maybe uh, maybe by a, a touchdown at the most. Yep, I like it. And if you go matchup to matchup, I think Herbert and and, and Herbert and, and Lawrence are kind of a wash maybe head-to-head. That's fine. Eckler gets a nudge at running back. Allen gets a nudge at wide receiver, right? You can kind of have a wash at tight end. Um, but, de- like, defensively, I think, you know, the Chargers would have the edge there. The one thing that we see with upsets, and we're like, how did that team – beat this team and upset them in the playoffs. A lot of times it comes down to coaching and roster experience. Now, both these teams are super young and raw and they don't have experience as teams in the playoffs, but you do have, you know, Doug Peterson who obviously made that run with the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago. And that is a huge advantage when you get in the playoffs, I'm going to take the chargers also, but if the Jacksonville Jaguars show up right away, the chargers are outside what they're not used to and on the road on the East coast time slot, they could get, you know, maybe punched in the mouth early. Hope it doesn't happen for my boy Herbert, but um, Jacksonville could show up. However, I will also go with the chargers. Let's go to the Sunday slate here. We'll start with the Buffalo bills and the Miami dolphins. Yeah. As I, as I mentioned before, uh, I don't see this. Unfortunately, I don't see this game being close. Uh, there, there's just so many reasons why uh, Buffalo is going to come out swinging right from the, from the gate, just like last week, you know, that, kick returned uh, for the touchdown. I don't necessarily see that, but uh, you know, they, they're going to hit, you talk about punching in the mouth, they're going to hit the dolphins hard. And uh, I, I expect 24, they're going to win by 24 points. I I really think this is going to be a a blowout, Um, you know, maybe like, you know, 31 to or 34 to 10 or something. I, I could see a score like that, frankly. I'm a, I, I totally agree with you. I do think the Buffalo Bills win. And I think they win big, and it's going to be obviously an incredibly emotional uh, game for many reasons, obviously. And just football talking, I mean, the Bills are forever going to have that 0-4 Super Bowl monkey on their back. They got close a couple of years ago with the coin flip against the Chiefs and whatever. The rest is history. But uh, Bills have made a couple of runs the last couple of years. We'll see how they can – Swing it on Sunday. All right, let's go with the Vikings and the Giants. We've talked about this game quite a bit here. Um, Minnesota, again, they can run teams out of the stadium. They can also get kind of caught off guard. And the Giants are just kind of – they're sneak attackers, I think. You know what I mean? Like nice hardcore coach and team playing with a lot of grit. So who do you got, Vikings or the Giants? Yeah, I think we're going to disagree on this one. But, uh, you know, if, if you just match up the, the skill positions, in, in most cases, the Vikings are, are going to be dominant. So, it's, you know, the onus is going to fall on the Giants defense to, to slow them down. And, you know, we don't really put a lot of faith in the Vikings to slow much of any offense down. But, you know, the, the Giants don't quite have the, the, uh, 
skilled position players like the Vikings do. So uh, if the, if the giants can keep it close, then I think they have a chance, but I, I don't, I don't think they will. I, I think the Vikings are going to win maybe by 10. Okay. Don't disagree with anything you said on paper, apples to apples, the Vikings outside of Saquon Barkley, Dalvin cook. I think that's maybe a wash depending on how you talk about it. Other than that, Vikings skill set all the way down. I just have a gut feeling, dude. There's always an upset or two in weekends in the wild card. This one for me just feels off. Obviously, with DFS, I kind of like have sold into this Giants narrative yeah. here, but um, I'm going to roll with Bob on this one. Love the Vikings. I'm a big fan of a lot of those players, but in this game, I I just for some reason have a gut feeling here. So I'm actually going to go with the Giants first upset that we'll talk about here uh, with our pickums. All right, let's move down to Cincinnati and Baltimore. You and I have talked about this one quite a bit too. Uh, you've made it very clear that uh, yeah. Baltimore is behind the eight ball at minimum. Yeah, this, this game to me is over by halftime. Frankly, uh, I don't, I, I think the, the Bengals uh, have a chip on their shoulder. You know, they want to get back to the Super Bowl, you know, to take that final step. You know, so they got some unfinished business to do. You know, the Ravens come in, you know, a shell of, of really what they could be. And, you know, I just I don't I don't see this close. I think it's gonna be a steamroll. I agree, unfortunately. I really like the Vikings. Um my ladies a bit or I'm sorry, Vikings, Ravens, same colors, my bad. Um I uh my lady's a big Ravens fan. Um I like the Ravens a lot, and they're a fun team to watch in the playoffs. But, of course, with Lamar Jackson, I agree without him um, and probably even, you know, Todd Huntley. I think it's just going to be uh, – or Tyler Huntley. I think it's going to be ugly quick. So, I agree. You I know, I'll tell you before we move on, uh, I'm in – just to kind of take a side real quick. Uh, I'm yeah. in a playoff competition where you pick one player from each team, to, you know, for – you know, for the, it goes for the whole playoffs. So including the, the Chiefs and the Eagles. So you pick one mm -hmm. player, you set your lineup, and then that's that's your lineup for the whole whole uh, So it's like uh, best playoffs. ball for four weeks or something. Exactly. Three quarterbacks, four running backs, four receivers, a kicker and a defense. Love it. So when it, it came fun. to the came to the Ravens, you know what I'm thinking? Well, who do I take from Tucker? the Ravens? <laughs> Justin Tucker. Nice. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> that's yeah, you know which which offense which offensive player <laughs> do I do you take from the Ravens? You know, yeah. figuring what they're going to get one game out of them. Who do mm -hmm. you take? The kicker. I yeah. love it. Yeah, Justin I mean, if, if you're going to take a kicker, I mean, I, I quizzed Bob on Sunday a couple of weeks ago. Justin Tucker's actually had zero number one finishes on the season, but if I had any kicker in this day and age, maybe all time, to just line up and win me a game in any condition i'm definitely picking tucker so that would be the guy too i agree there all right let's go with the final game on the slate again we did not talk dfs here but we will do a pick them that is the dallas football cowboys and the tampa bay buccaneers here so tampa gets the host which is an absolute joke i'm going to save my uh rant about how the playoff seedings actually happen nonetheless the rules are that the division winners get to host a game and I always hearken back to Beast Quake many, many years ago. For those of you that have been watching football over a decade, um, the Seattle Seahawks were, ho were seven and nine. Mm -hmm. That's right, folks. Seven that, and yeah. nine. 
less than 500, seven and nine, won the division, which was an absolute joke because my Niners were worse than that. They hosted the 11 and five Saints with Drew Brees, and they were absolutely on fire that season. They hosted him in Seattle. Marshawn Lynch went nuts. Beast quake. The rest is history. Seahawks got the upset. They ended up moving on. Anything can happen, especially at home. And then you have an outdoor team going to Tampa. You have the Cowboys, who are not an outdoor squad, going to camp. Uh, Tampa. Daxman struggling. Defense has been struggling. Brady with any weapons in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, he's got the resume there. So, do you think the Cowboys can can upset Brady for the first time in their career because he's undefeated against the Cowboys in his career, or do you think Brady's got another trick up his sleeve? Yeah, this one's tough. You know, I, I can see this going. I could go either way. You know, with, with this one, because like you said, you know, both teams they've got they've got skilled players, they've got weapons. You know, they've they've shown flashes of being really good, and they've shown flashes of of being, you know, a, a dumpster fire. Frankly, so this one's this one's really tough. Uh, I'm going to lean the Bucks here, uh, being at home. Probably Tom Brady's last run. I think he probably retires after this uh, was his first losing season. Uh, he's in his career. Uh, you know, he he doesn't look the same to me. But but Mike Evans has finally broken out of his shell. He's back. You know, Godwin's. He's got weapons. Uh, both the running backs are you know are are going to get their run. You know, I I like a lot of the Cowboy players, but I just don't have any faith in in them. And frankly, uh, I've never been a fan of of the Cowboy head coach. I just don't think he can win the big game, or you know, he he manages the game well enough. And you know, if as long as uh, you know something strange happens, like uh, you know, you get some special teams or defensive scores, you know. Brady throws a pick six, you know, cause he's not going to chase anybody down if, you know, if he throws a pick. So as long, as long as you don't see something like that early on and you get that big lead, uh, I think the bucks are going to control the game and I would give them a win, give them the win. But uh, uh, that, that was tough. And it's probably going to be as far as they go, frankly, if, if they win this game, it's probably as far as they go, but uh, I'll, I'll give them the win this week. I think the Cowboys come out early. And just talent wins over early, and maybe it's even 14 nothing, 14 3, something like that. But Brady chips away, the Bucks chip away, coaching versus coaching, Brady versus everybody else. Um, I think this is like a final drive kind of a game, honestly. Field goal, touchdown, whatever. I think it's gonna be ugly, low scoring, but like 21 20, you know, 21 18, something like that. Uh, 24, 21. I think the bucks get it done as well. So we only have one upset. Uh, that is my pick here this week, uh, which makes sense. Cause a lot of the favors are big favors on purpose in, in the, uh, in the wild card, um, round there. So for seedings, the only upset we have is the giants, uh, over the Vikings, which I'm picking. Otherwise we have all of the same picks 49ers over the Seahawks, the chargers over the Jaguars, we have the Buffalo Bills over the Miami Dolphins. I've got the Giants over the Vikings. Derek has the Vikings over the Giants. We both have the Bengals over the Ravens and the Bucks over the Dallas Cowboys. Long one tonight, folks. Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate it so much. We'll be back with you next week. We are not doing Sunday shows anymore for the season, but we'll be with you next year, of course, for the Sunday live shows. However, you can catch all of the episodes right here on the Rasball Fantasy Football YouTube show. Of course, articles are still coming out, multiple articles per week 
free on rasball.com. Go check those out, of course. You can follow everybody and Rasball on Twitter, at Rasball. And you can follow Derek, of course, and myself online, Bob, Matt, the rest of the crew. We are still with you through the rest of the season. And, of course, we're going to have a ton of off-season content. We have Dynasty coming out already. We're going to have draft pre-coverage, coverage, and rookies, all of that coming out after the fact as well. Season recaps, what we did well, what we didn't do well, how we can learn from it. Those are some of my favorite episodes to get prepared for the next season, ADP check-ins for drafts and things like that as well. So we appreciate hanging out with the Razzball team. Make sure to download the podcast at the Razzball Fantasy Football Podcast as well. Leave a rate and review. And, of course, subscribe right here to the YouTube channel. We appreciate everybody. Enjoy the playoffs this week, and we will catch you next week on the Rasball Fantasy Football YouTube channel. Enjoy your football, everybody. Have a yep, wonderful, good luck, everybody. wonderful rest of your week. Take care.